Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. You are listening to The She Podcast. Today, I want to talk about um, something that might be sound a little weird. <laughs> um, and we're going to just dive right into why I've kind of started to rethink this common phrase, done is better than perfect. But before we dive into that, I want to share a review from one of our listeners because I I realized I haven't been doing this, but that you guys are leaving reviews and telling me what you're loving. And I love getting to read them. And I thought maybe I ought to share them because I know it takes a little bit of your time from your day for you to leave these. And I just want to show how appreciative I am and how much it means. It really does help me figure out what type of content to create, what is helping you, what you're liking, what you're loving, what, you know, is really serving you best. And so I'm going to share a review from very recently from Hannah Loves Bagels. I love that. (laughs) And her review says, so fulfilling. Jordan's episode on financials was really inspirational for me. She debunks the guilt of spending while advocating for wise choices. Jordan makes herself vulnerable, truly practicing what she is preaching. If you want a faith-based, non-cheesy podcast that speaks truth into you, this podcast is for you. Hannah, thank you so much. And I love bagels too. (laughs) All right, y'all, let's dive right into this episode about why maybe done isn't better than perfect. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Okay, so we all know the common phrase, done is better than perfect, right? I honestly have loved that phrase since the first time I heard it. And in many ways, there is a lot of truth to it. I think when you really break it down, the intention behind it is that if it comes down to doing something perfectly or just taking action and trying, usually the better option is to just try, right? Just put it out there. Just go for it. Just take action. There's been many times, I mean, I even talked about this a lot in my book, Own Your Everyday, which subtle plug, if you haven't got it yet, what you doing, girl, go get it. (laughs) No, but seriously, I, I wrote about that in Own Your Everyday because I remember when I first started everything, when I first started in the online space before I ever had a podcast or books or anything else that I've done, um, it started with a small little Etsy store that I started in college. And it was not perfect by any means. It was scrappy. It was, you know, I was doing my best to figure out how to print stuff and how to package stuff. And it wasn't, you know, seamless or perfect. But 
it was small and it started and I started small and I look back now and I'm like, wow, I am so glad that I just chose to go for it and start small and like improve along the way rather than just waiting till I had everything figured out and perfect. Because the reality is to some degree, you have to learn by practice, right? You have to learn by trial and error. You have to learn by doing, right? You can have the perfect training and be so prepared and all of a sudden something goes wrong and you're like, oh my gosh, right? So I'm not saying, I guess I just want to clarify, I'm not saying that I'm somehow advocating for perfectionism here, but I am advocating for excellence. So that just wanted to preface this story with that in mind, just so that you know, I'm not saying, hey, don't take action until you get everything perfect. Um, but I'm just kind of re-looking at this statement because I think this statement works really well um, in some contexts and in some ways, but I think we've now just made it this blanket statement for pretty much everything that we can do. And I don't know if that's healthy. So let me dive into this story because this might give a little bit of context. <laughs> so recently, actually a couple years ago, um, I we moved back to Indiana. We had been kind of traveling around. We lived in Arizona for a while and it was just kind of a crazy year and a half of our lives. Our first year and a half of marriage was insane. And so um, we finally settled back down in Indiana and I think a whole like year and a half had gone by since the last time I had had like a dental cleaning because I just what like you don't think about the dentist when you're just like trying to find your your place right like that's just it's normal when you're you know in a study in a study um, career or in a study season of life to think like oh yeah every two months or every six months I need to go to the dentist but for a while we just hadn't done that I actually think it'd been more than a year and a half because even before we got married I just hadn't gone and so I think I just kind of put it off too because I'm kind of like a crazy person when it comes to dental hygiene. I <laughs> ask Matt, he's like, you floss more than anyone I know. I floss every single day, if not twice a day, brush my teeth two to three times a day. I'm like such a, I'm just so much, um, so disciplined when it comes to my teeth. So that's why I wasn't super concerned about getting a teeth cleaning. Cause I'm like, I do not allow buildup. I floss all the time. Like I'm super disciplined about this. It's going to be okay. And it's hard to like, you know, find a dentist in your insurance practice and all or in your insurance, whatever it's called network. So anyways, I just kind of put it off for a while. Well, when we moved back, I eventually got to a place where I was like, you know what? I haven't gone in a while. I need to like establish dental care. So I found this dentist and I'm not going to say the name, but it was one of those like corporate dentists, um, which means like it's like a chain dentist. And then they have... Um, like, it's not like the dentist owns the practice or it's a private practice. Okay. So I was like, whatever. It's like, you know, it had some decent reviews and I was like, okay, well, that's close to my house. I'll just go there. So I go to this dentist and first thing she tells me, cause at first there was actually two dentists over the course of one year, because it's kind of a place where like a dentist will work for a while and then they go start their own practice or they go work somewhere else for a different corporate office. And so anyways, the dentists kind of change a lot, which was kind of, it was a little bit nerve wracking for me, but anyways, I didn't know that at the time. And so I get in there and she says, hey, you have five cavities, which was shocking to me. Granted, yes, I kind of have a sugar tooth or a whatever that's called, a sweet tooth. <laughs> um, but I take such good care of my teeth that I was a little bit shocked to hear that I had five. And I have now since learned that I probably didn't actually have five, but that I probably had maybe like a couple soft spots that they chose to charge me for. I don't know. Anyways, so um, I was like, oh my gosh, like I must have been eating so much sugar. Wow. Like, holy cow. And um, so they start, you know, they schedule the fillings and we go through that whole thing. And then they said, I have only had one cavity in my entire life. So that's why five at one time was honestly quite shocking. Um, but anyways, so they schedule the fillings, we get that done. And then she said, you know, this one tooth on the bottom, 
that you the one tooth that I had ever had a cavity in before she's like you're probably going to need a crown in that tooth because that's a bigger filling and I had had one other dentist tell me that eventually I would need that too like down like before you told me that um so I was like okay well I know that I need to do that so we ended up doing an onlay and an onlay is kind of like a partial crown it's a little bit complicated to explain but it basically replaces the filling and like I guess uh keeps the tooth strong and so went through that process and it was very frustrating because it has to perfectly fit the grooves of your teeth when they fit it and so if there's any issues with the mold they have to do it again so what would happen is I would go in the first time I went in they made a temporary then they took the mold of my tooth they sent it off and I had to come back two weeks later to get the permanent one put in no big deal well I get there they numb my mouth they kind of like have to basically break and like pull the temporary out which is sometimes a little bit painful then they tried to put the the permanent in and it didn't fit I was like are you kidding me so they had to take another mold then put another temporary in and then I had to come back again two weeks later for a new permanent tooth and um or a new permanent onlay or inlay I think I can't remember which one it was but anyways came back and um they basically (laughs) said oh this one doesn't fit either so we're gonna have to do it again so at that point, I'm like a little salty. I'm like, seriously, because every time that you go to get, you know, a temporary put in and a mold taken, they have to numb you, kind of rip the old one out. It's not a pleasant experience. And so they made another temporary, took another mold, sent me home. And then a few weeks later, came back. And I'm pretty sure that one didn't fit. It was either three or four times I had to go back to where it finally fit. So it was three or four different times of being numbed and like, you know, going through the whole process. Finally, after several tries, it fit. And I was like, praise the Lord. So about six months later, we, my husband and I were in Nashville and we were there for work. Actually, I was supposed to speak the next day. We were driving down to Nashville, staying with some friends. Anyone who's been following me on social media for a while probably saw this on my Instagram stories a few months back and um, we were driving down the road and I was eating a milk dud granted yes that is a sticky substance but I was told after like two weeks of having that temporary on or that permanent on I was okay to eat like chewy foods and stuff so this was six months afterwards so I wasn't even thinking oh I shouldn't be eating anything chewy for you know for a while I was in the clear so I'm you know sitting there in this that onlay or the inlay of my teeth of my tooth that partial crown comes out and my the edges of my teeth are so um like sharp <laughs> that my tongue is getting cut on my own tooth and like it's a little bit of a nerve exposed it's very you know a, it's just tooth that's had trauma and it's exposed and it was a little bit painful to breathe because when air would touch it it would hurt and my tongue was being cut and I had to speak the next day I'm like I have to use my mouth tomorrow and I can hardly even open it right now and so we called my in-laws because my mother-in-law used to work at a dental office and so we asked her like what do we do for the next 24 hours how do we what do we do so she told us to go to go to CVS or Walgreens or a drugstore and get um dental like cement like denture cement (laughs) and so we we were like okie dokie so we went to a drugstore got you can actually get it's like a powder and you put water on it and it makes it sticky and it'll actually hold your tooth in and so anyways we went to the drugstore got that went back to our friend's house and my friend and I like had to get this tooth back in my mouth and it was pretty painful to be honest but we got it in and it was solid for you know the next day I got through the speaking event everything was fine well I, the next morning, was eating breakfast and simply just eating some toast, simple toast, nothing chewy or anything. 
and swallow my toast. And then I start talking to Matt and all of a sudden I like feel this hole in my tooth again. And I looked at him and I go, I just swallowed my tooth. (laughs) And And I'm freaking out. I am not calm in situations. Sometimes I'm not very good at that. And so, um, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do? And I start freaking out. And the guy from like the other side of the room is looking at me and he sees me panicking and his eyes get really big. And Matt, who's always just cool as a cucumber. I'm like, honey, I just, I just, I just swallowed my tooth. Oh my gosh. I just swallowed my tooth. And he looks at me and he's like, okay. (laughs) And I was like, how are you not freaking out? How are you not panicking? You know, anyways, so he said, well, we're going to have to call the dentist and, you know, he, I'll go to the drugstore. And he went and got some dental wax, which I just was able to put basically on that little hole in my tooth so that it wouldn't be, you know, air wouldn't be getting to it. And so that I could function until we got back home. So I called the dentist and I was not mean, but also not very friendly. I was like, hello, um, this came out and I have now swallowed it. What do you suggest that we do? <laughs> so anyways, they said, come in, we'll get it, you know, fixed. and Everything will be great. So I went in and did the day after we got home and to my surprise, there was a new dentist there. I wasn't aware of that. And the new dentist basically said, um, Hey, you, you know, are probably going to want to just put a crown on this rather than doing another inlay. I don't normally do those. Um, so he's a different dentist, doesn't know what my other dentist had done. And, um, you know, basically said like, we'll just do a free crown and then that way you won't have to worry about it. And I was like, Okay, because he said at some point you're probably going to need the crown anyways. I don't know all this dental terminology, but (laughs) this is what I have learned. So I said, all right, well, and he said, if you choose to do another inlay and then end up needing a crown, you know, in a year, you're going to have to pay for the crown. So I thought, all right, let's just get it over with. We'll just go for it. So they took the in or they took, you know, my inlay was out. I just had my bare tooth, basically what was left of it. (laughs) And um, they took a mold and then put a temporary in and then I came back two weeks later to get it fitted and to get the permanent one fitted that they had made the mold for so they again so they numbed me to put the temporary to do the temporary and then they numbed me again two weeks later and had to go you know take the temporary out and try to fit the crown up so this is like the fourth or fifth time now I've gone through this process for the same dang tooth (laughs) and so um the one of the dental hygienists or the techs working came back to me and she said hey um the permanent isn't fitting right And I was like, are you joking? And she said, no, I'm not sure if it's going to work. And so I got really quiet. Um, I had a lot of thoughts in my head that I wanted to to say and to share, but obviously I wanted to be cordial. So I just, I think my frustration was very evident, um, but I tried to also be kind in how I was delivering it, but I wasn't, I was very short and very quiet. (laughs) And I think they could tell I was quite frustrated. I definitely made that known in a way that was respectful, you know. And, um, so the dentist comes back and next thing you know, he's like, all right, you ready to put it on? And I was like, what? I thought it was, I thought it wasn't right. He's like, no, 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 no. I can just use filling and, you know, make sure that this part is sealed right. And it's not a big deal. This is an easy thing. And I was like, are you sure? Yes, yes, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. And I said, okay, well, you're not just doing this because I'm frustrated about this. Right. And he said, no, 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 no. Like I wouldn't do that to you. I said, okay. So in he goes and puts this crown on and, you know, does the thing. And said, you know, it'll be sensitive for a couple of weeks, but you're all good. It looks great. You'll be fine. I was like, all right. So I had a little bit of uh, anxiety about that because I'm like, I hope it, I hope he didn't just say that. Like, I hope it really was done right. You know, like, how am I supposed to know? So a few months went by from there and I just still was having sensitivity and I've still just kind of had problems with it. And so 
um, food would kind of get stuck there. And I'm like, this is not good. So ended up asking my neighbors who were just recently raving about their dentist who they go to and they gave me a great recommendation. And I thought, you know what? I don't think it would hurt because I was due for a cleaning. And so I thought, you know what? I don't think it'll hurt to go see this dentist for a cleaning and have him check out my crown and make sure from a second opinion that it's that everything's okay with it, as the first guy said. So scheduled the appointment, ended up going in and they took one x-ray of my crown and they were like, oh my gosh, I, this, this does not look right. Like, and they started explaining to me how it wasn't capping my tooth right. And then how actually the dentist, when they put it on, nicked the tooth in front of it. So I have this big like chunk out of my tooth in front of it that shouldn't have, like it can actually cause like cavities in that tooth, right? In, in between the two teeth. Um, and then they said, actually the way this is done, like it could be so like, you might need a root canal. I'm like, how do we go from needing a simple inlay to now having to do a root canal because somebody didn't do something right? So I was pretty ticked, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it's very frustrating when, you're, when your mouth is consistently in pain um, and it's been a year of a process where you think you've got it resolved and, you know, it's not done right. And you're actually now at more risk for things like root canals and cavities in between your teeth and it's not fitting right. And Oh my gosh. So needless to say, I was pretty frustrated and honestly quite disappointed. And you know, I'm, I was, I was joking with Matt because I'm like, you know, I'm not someone to ever really leave like a Yelp review or, you know, even if I've had a bad experience, I just don't need to be sassy Sharon. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't need to go make a big stink. I can always talk with a manager there if I need to, but I just don't normally do that. But in this case, I'm like, you know what? Sassy Sharon might come out and have to leave a little thought on the Yelp review for this dentist because now I'm at risk for much more expensive procedures. I have to get a whole new crown put on, which is an expensive procedure, um, and also a lot of other damage in my mouth. And so I share that story not to totally slam this dentist, although I do want to give a warning to um, everyone to beware and make sure you do your research and um, make sure that you get a second opinion if something seems a little off or unsure or isn't going well. Um, (laughs) So anyways, I share that story because it really taught me something and it really gave me perspective because, you know, I'm like, I think this is why I wanted to talk about this whole idea. Like, yeah, he got the crown done, but he didn't do it perfectly. And he didn't even really do it well. He actually did it in a way that wasn't good at all. It has now caused me way more grief, way more expenses, way more pain than necessary at all. And so the lessons learned there, the first one, and I really want to get this point across because I think sometimes in our... I don't know, fast paced culture and our kind of just get it going. We got other things to do and we're so distracted that sometimes I don't think we really prioritize excellent work in our generation, even though we all want to achieve and we all want to, you know, look great on Instagram and all the things. I'm like, is anyone talking about just like excellence? Um, I don't know, you know, so the first lesson is to do it right the first time. Seriously, I don't know what it is in your life that you're doing. You know, you're probably not a dentist. Maybe you are a dentist. That's cool. Um, But if you're not a dentist, um, whatever your job role is, I really think like whether you are helping people with their social media, whether you are planning a wedding for someone, whether you are um, a nurse, like I don't care what it is, you really need to think about, am I making it an ultimate priority to get it right the first time, to do it right the first time, to do my very best the first time rather than having to redo it. Granted, like that's why I say like done is better than perfect is somewhat of a good statement in certain contexts, right? Like, okay, had this dentist just never gone to to dental school because, you know, he 
was afraid he wasn't going to be the perfect student like he never would have become a dentist so I think that applies in that regard but when it comes to like actually operating on someone's mouth it's like get enough practice so that when you actually have something that um could is like a client you're doing it right the first time with them rather than having to go through multiple different hoops and then still not even doing it right to, to end with right so um you know my husband always says like this is kind of sassy but I think it's funny he always says you know if there's a hundred if there's a hundred doctors that graduated from you know med school somebody graduated in a hundredth place you know which means they're not the top doc so just be aware that not just because someone has letters by their name doesn't necessarily mean they're the best fit or are going to do the best work and so and I think that's the same for you like it's a gut check for us like okay, just because I have, you know, a certification or just because I have a follower account or, you know, number or just because I have X, Y, or Z, like, unless I'm doing it right the first time, nobody's going to trust me. Right. And that's a lesson I've learned. There's many times I haven't done things right in the first time, not because I was trying to, you know, act out of something that wasn't, you know, out of integrity, but there's been many times where I've been like, okay, we'll just do it quickly. Right. Like we'll just get it done. And so the second part of that, the second lesson, especially for someone like me, because I am a quick mover, you guys, I get an idea and I'm like, cool, can we launch it tomorrow? (laughs) But honestly, I always say like writing the book taught me the power of realizing that sometimes good work takes time, right? Now that doesn't mean that good work gets put off and put off and put off because we don't want to take action on it, but actually taking the action to create something that truly moves the needle and makes an impact and changes people's lives that actually offers a solution that fixes the problem, whatever it is that you do, taking your time to make it done right and done well takes time. So the second lesson is don't be so rushed that you you compromise excellence. Maybe done isn't better than perfect, especially if people are going to pay you for something. It needs to be your best. It needs to be highly valuable. It cannot just be slapped together. And I think when we are trying to keep up, maybe with the Joneses or maybe with the pace of our industry or maybe with our goals or whatever, and we overcommit ourselves or we just have so many ambitions that we don't actually think about excellence anymore, we compromise excellence just to achieve or just to get something done or just to move quickly. And I think that can actually really hurt us in the long haul because now I'm like telling everybody, don't go to this dentist. Everybody in my town, I'm like, no, 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 right? It's going to hurt. And I've I've left their business. I'm going to be leaving a review telling my experience. And that's probably going to hurt their business. And my I'm not out here saying, hey, I want to hurt their business. But the point is, when you don't do something excellently the first time, you're probably not going to benefit from that. Right. And no one's going to, no one's going to win. And I've had to learn that the hard way. There's plenty of things that I have, you know, rushed and probably compromised excellence with, or got out just to get out or made just to make and not ever really had a deeper why with. And that's really changing. Um, you know, I think part of that comes with maturity. Part of that comes with experience. Um, so I'm not saying like, don't ever do anything until it's absolutely perfect. But what I am saying is, grow and be willing to really ask yourself, like, am I choosing excellence or am I choosing um, efficiency? Because I think sometimes it's not always, you can't always get both, right? Like ideally, we'd love to find that place where we can do something excellently excellently and efficiently and effectively. Um, but at times, you know, it's like, there, it takes work and it takes time and it takes sacrifice and being diligent and slow. And so I just really want to encourage you in that because I know that that is a huge takeaway I had that really made me even reevaluate how quickly I'm trying to move on certain things and be okay with going slower to do better. So, you know, because even though I was frustrated with that dentist, I would have loved for him to say, you know what, 
especially now given the circumstances, I still would have been very frustrated when that first crown didn't fit. And if he had said, you know what, no, I want to do this right. And I don't want you to have any, you know, further issues. So we're going to put another temporary on and we're going to do this. And if he had just said that and been honest rather than like, oh, she's a little frustrated and I don't really want to deal with that. So like, we're just going to slap it in there. You know what I mean? So again, it's like knowing and looking out for your client's best interest, for your employee's best interest, for your people's best interest. Um, even if that seems inconvenient or doesn't feel good or, you know, whatever. So, okay. Last thing is the importance the, th- the third lesson it really taught me that I think kind of supports this idea of like, is done always better than perfect? Maybe not. Because I think it really reminded me of the importance of honesty and integrity. I felt a little bit when I found out how poorly this crown was actually done, I felt a little bit lied to, to be honest. I felt a little bit, um, like deceived. I, I straight up asked, Hey, are you sure that this is right? You know, um, are you sure that this is, you're not just doing this because you know it's frustrating for me to have to keep coming back in here for this. And he looked me in the eye and he said, no, I wouldn't do that. And then did it anyway. So my point there is, you know, I think it can be really tempting and really easy to take the easy way out, to take the quick way out to, you know, someone, I didn't know, I don't understand how to read a tooth x-ray. You know what I mean? They even showed it like, yep, yeah, looks good. And the other dentist is like, this does not look good. And he ex- explained to me where I had a nick in my other tooth that didn't need to have a nick in it and where this is, this could lead to a root canal and why this wasn't fitting properly and explained all that to me. But I, you know, because I was somewhat ignorant and not, you know, an expert in the dental industry, it was easy for them to say like, yeah, see, it's on there. It looks good. And I think that's um, cheap. And I think that's not how you operate with integrity. And I think we as people in whatever we're doing when we're in a rush or we don't want to deal with something or we have a difficult client or we have anything like that, it can be easy to kind of have the same approach at times. Um, And that's not to say you're always going to do it perfectly. Like maybe they really did think it was good. I can't say for sure. Um, And I'm sure there's times where all of us have had, you know, a difficult client or someone who thought you did something unfairly because of your policy or because, you know, didn't like that something ended or that you didn't have something available anymore or that you chose whatever it is. Like there's no way everyone's going to like what you do or is going to think. But when it's a hard measurable, like did you act with honesty and integrity to the best of your ability here? And you can't answer that 100% yes then that's the area that needs to improve. That's the place we need to grow. And I think we can all be thinking about that. I don't think any of us are just, you know, we're bat. We're not batting 100 when it comes to honesty and integrity all the time. We ideally want to be, but we're imperfect humans, right? Like we're flawed, we're sinful. We have temptations to just get something done and move on, right? Like not deal with it. And so I think sometimes without even maybe intentionally meaning to, we can come off as maybe not being as, honest as we should be or as diligent as we should be or as focused as we should be. So I share all that because I really wanted to give you a peek into this experience that really made me reevaluate this general blanket statement that we think we tend to put on things, whether it's in business or career or dream chasing and these things we want to do, you know, this idea of like, yeah, just go for it. Done's better than perfect. And I think we can almost become so lax. Like even in my book, I did write a whole chapter on perfectionism and how to really pursue purpose over perfection. However, I made it very clear that, you know, even as you give up perfectionism, I think sometimes what can happen is when we, you know, are trying to avoid perfectionism, we can swing all the way to the other end of the, you know, spectrum and go, okay, well, like, I don't care. And we almost become somewhat careless. We almost become 
somewhat undisciplined, we kind of are like, yeah, I'll just embrace my mess. Like, it's great. Honestly, like, no, don't always embrace your mess. I mean, embrace it in that you're working to improve it, but don't live in it. You know, like that's unhealthy. That's not a good mindset. I don't think that's going to move the needle in your life. I think we need discipline. And I think we need um, someone to say, hey, you know what? You don't have to be so paralyzed by perfectionism that you're not doing meaningful work, but you also need to do excellent work, not careless work. And there's a difference. And I believe we really are made to do excellent work. I think that's biblical. That's practical. That's like what's going to keep us, you know, successful. And so I just really want to encourage you to really choose excellence and do things from a purpose driven place. And when you know why you're doing things, you're going to end up doing work more excellently, right? That dentist may have just been like, I just, I'm just here to get my paycheck. Like, you know what I mean? Um, But if his why was, I want to, or I am here to help people avoid any further problems in their mouth because I know what it's like to have tooth pain or because I have compassion on my clients and my patients because I know that, you know, having a cavity is so like thinking from a deeper place of like, why are you doing what you're doing? Are you serving people? Are you there because you want to help people avoid pain or solve a problem and provide for your family, right? Or are you just there to like, gather your check and go because then you're going to be careless in how you're doing things. You're going to be, you're just going to do it to get it done. You know, even if it just means you're barely, you know, (laughs) barely skipping by and you're not doing good work. So I just want you to think about that in terms of your job or your career or your season and whoever you have to serve right now. You might be in a job that you do not love. You might be in a season that you're like, I just don't like this. And I think when we begin to adopt that attitude, we begin to kind of only give half effort to our work, you know, and it's like, I don't think that's the solution. And I don't think that that's going to move the needle. And it's not preparing you for maybe the next opportunity that you might be entrusted to, or that might be available to you, because you're kind of just giving 75% effort to what you have right now, or to, you know, the small thing that you've been asked to steward and be faithful with. And so if you're just kind of getting stuff done to just clock in and clock out and you have this grumbly attitude and you're not really giving your best, like what makes you think you can give your best to something that you might enjoy more that might require more responsibility that might be more fulfilling. You know, it's like you have to let a deeper why guide you because I think that is what really does lead to excellence. I think that's what really does shape us and make us better workers, better servants, better people, better business owners, better leaders. So I want you to think about this in your life. And remember the three lessons that I shared. One, do it right the first time. Two, don't be so rushed that you compromise excellence. And three, prioritize honesty and integrity. So that's what I got for you. That's why I say maybe it's not always done is better than perfect. Maybe it's excellence is the answer. I really want to encourage you to pursue excellence in your life, in your career, in your business, and in your work. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. 
Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.